0: Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Um, all right, so so uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Um, you know, I want to continue and I, and I want to set up a foundation here this morning um, for... Continuing, and I know we've got Occupy till I come and uh, we'll make it work with the theme on that, on that board right now on the TVs, but I want to uh, continue from where I left off last week. How many of you remember we spoke um, a little bit last week and we were talking actually a little bit about the wineskin. We understood how you can't put new wine into an old wineskin. All right. Because the new wine will cause the old wine skin to burst, um, and so uh, that's pretty much. So that you know, the new wine will cause cannot fit into the old. All right, right. and so um, uh, the point is, is that a new wine has to go into a new wine skin. Yeah. Amen. And uh, you know, one of the major things that I like to talk about, and it's gonna come out of the abundance of the heart, there's several things that will always come. I mean, I can talk about the wood Noah's Ark was made of, not that that's important, but somewhere in that message, I'm gonna be talking about three things. Covenant, I'm gonna be talking probably about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, because I believe that's the divine blueprint of, of the new covenant church is Ephesians chapter four, that he's given some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists for the equipment of the saints for the work of the ministry. All right? And so um, those are always gonna come out of me. No matter what type, we can talk about healing. You're gonna hear equipping the saints. You're gonna hear covenant. Because there are rules of engagement when we minister that we have to have as a bedrock foundation in our lives. And so when I approach the Bible, um, now at this period and this juncture after many, many years, uh, it becomes a natural thing for me when I'm approaching the Scripture because the foundation of how I approach approach the Word is deeply embedded on the inside of me. So I have a natural response to read through a certain lens. Are you with me? And so uh, the lens of how we approach the Word of God changes everything, all right? And that lens is is that we have to learn. We must learn. We have to get it really laid super thick that everything when we approach the Word has to be submitted to the cross of Jesus. We have to... We have to interpret everything through the lens of the cross. Somebody say, all Scripture must be interpreted through the lens of the cross. Why? Because I'll tell you why. Because there were three words that Jesus uttered that changed everything. And those three words ushered in the covenant that you and I live in today. Those three words were simply this, it is finished. What was finished? Come on, you realise when He said it is finished, it means something. It wasn't just like, okay, I came, I died on the cross, I shed my blood and, and all of humanity, which that's all part and parcel of it, but there is so much depth to it is finished. That, you know, obviously the sum total and the, the deepest depth of that part is that everything that Adam lost was undone and God restored in Christ to us when He said it is finished. In other words, what happened from the beginning, Jesus has successfully come into the earth, went to the cross, the pinnacle of His ministry, successfully the spotless Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. He did it successfully. He did it. There was no imperfection. Amen. And He said it is finished. So the will of the Father was accomplished in Christ to restore us to the Father that we can all, all, somebody say all. All be put in the position to cry out, Abba, Father, that we can all be adopted into the kingdom of God's glorious Son. Are you with me? The rules of engagement change when He says it is finished. In other words, there was a time that we could operate this way at a certain time period because God established an order upon which people, his children would, people, meaning the children of Israel, would be able to communicate with him. He established an order there. Are you with me? Amen. He established a way for us to communicate with him. Right. And he did that. And he and, and, and he, he implemented a lot of things so that the children of God could, could, could come into a covenant with Him and He cut a covenant Amen. with His children. Are you with me? But there was a blessing or a, there was a cursing. There was all kinds of things going on and, and it was also a stage. Come on, we are a part of a better covenant established on better promises. Amen. There was a crossing over. The cross is the dividing line to which we crossed over. Many people today, if you ask them, well, um, please, where does the new covenant begin? And a lot of people will tell you, well, just open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. No, that's not where the new covenant begins. The new covenant begins only when Jesus says it is finished. He is leading the way. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, He comes under the law to fulfill the law. Amen. Don't get religious on me. Amen. The Word of God also declares concerning the law that the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ. And then it says, but now that we have Christ, I'll say that one more time. The Word of God says the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ, but now that Christ has come. In other words, the law of liberty in Christ Jesus now lives and reigns supreme. In other words, the Holy Spirit of promise who has been given to us as the helper and the comforter, the one that leads us and directs us into all truth and that is the revelation of who Jesus is. He guides us and I want to ask you the question, when last did the Holy Spirit ever lead you into sin? Amen. Did you need the Lord to govern you or did you need to yield to the Holy Spirit inside of you who leads you to sinlessness, who reveals to you your condition of righteousness based upon what He's done for you, that the sin issue is is over. We have been given dominion over sin for you are not under the law, you are under grace. I'm not saying sin doesn't exist. I am saying, you've been given power over it. And the power over sin is not in how much you adhere to the law written on tablets of stone, nor on paper, but by the governance of the Holy Spirit who leads you in holy living and sinlessness. You're not good enough in your own strength to adhere what's on paper. Nor were the children of Israel. That's why there was a problem. They needed a Saviour. The law was never given to produce righteousness in the children of Israel. The law was given for one reason, that they would look forward to the day that the Messiah would come, because in Him they would be imputed with a righteousness that no blood of any animal would be able to deal with thank you, Jesus. Come on, Amen. you can sit and listen to this stuff and not be excited about what Jesus has done for you. Unless you're fighting with religion. But what about but, but, but? See, the moment you put a but there, you're still holding on to something. But nothing. And this is why I continue to hammer upon this revelation like a, with a chisel and a hammer, I will chisel away until the water starts gushing forth because I know when the revelation hits home, it's not, I, I have no intention of preaching behind a pulpit to get your head so full of theology. I am so far removed from getting your head filled up with theology. We don't need a church. Full of theologians, we need a church full of people who understand what lives on the inside of them and then begin to manifest it. And in order to manifest it, they've got to understand what's been given to them and walk in it. But it comes by the hearing, and by the hearing, and by the hearing, and by the hearing hearing of it. The foundation of Scripture for all of this is, and He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? Jesus says, if, if you don't get what I'm about to tell you, you're not going to be able to get anything that I say. Amen. The sower sows the word Amen. or the seed meaning everything begins in seed form. Our existence, the fact that you have breath in your body, all began in seed form. Literally, you are alive here today and we're not gonna get into the birds and the bees, but you understand how you are here living with breath in your body today. But even at that, if we go all the way to the beginning, God said, let there be light. Amen. Everything that's formed was formed out of that, from the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's right. Come on. And Jesus is saying, if you don't understand this parable, if you don't understand the power of the seed, somebody went. Oh, did you just say the power of the seed? Oh, you're about to preach on prosperity right now because you just said seed. Come on, get your head out of that place. And for the record, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Just because some people have taken the message of prosperity and taken it to some extreme, does not mean that the Bible talks about us not being blessed. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Can we mature a little bit? Yes, Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. And just because somebody took advantage of you, get healed. Amen. Not everybody's out for you. That's right. And the last thing I'm going to say, you don't have enough money for me for where God's calling us to go as a ministry. And the Bible says here these are the ones who are beside the road. Where the word is sown and where they hear And immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately. Satan comes to take away the word which was sown in them. Now do you understand? Pastor, can't you just talk about something else? No, no, you don't understand. The, the Bible says that the enemy comes immediately to steal the Word. I've got to tell you this enough times until he has got no more room to steal the seed of God's Word on the inside of you. Because we, we just wanna hear one loud voice of an army erupting in this region that understand their God, that know their God and, 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 and understand by revelation, not just some big head because uh, God's not looking for big heads, He's looking for a big fat heart, not a fat head. He can't do nothing with a fat head. In fact he says I resist the proud and I give grace to the humble to the humble. Come on, there will be there will be of the abundance of the anointing when we just walk in the spirit of humility. But the point of the matter is God doesn't want a fat head. He wants a fat heart that He can just use. It's not about your, come on, I'm not gonna be cliche. I'm not here to preach you happy this morning. The reality of it is, is that God is not looking for your abilities. Thank you very much. He's just looking for one thing and you can have abilities. It doesn't mean God doesn't use abilities. But when He chooses you, He never chose you because of how great you are. He never chose you because you're a knight in shining armour. He didn't choose you because you look like a top model. He didn't choose you for any of those reasons. He chose you just for one reason. And that would be, and in fact, this relates to usability. There's only one reason God will use you. Is that's because you're available for Him to use. It's not about your ability. It's about your availability. Availability. Well, Pastor, we just don't like how you're preaching today. Well, I'm not trying to rub you up the wrong way. And I don't mean this with arrogance, but you know, if the cat doesn't like the way the cat's getting rubbed, let the cat turn around. Because, you know, a cat likes it one way. So that's all that needs to happen just to reposition. Amen. Uh, we have a ministry for repositioning people here. That's right. We have a ministry that will grab you by the ankles and deconstruct so that God can reconstruct. Because clearly religion ain't doing the job. Amen. That's right. So the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. You want to conquer the world, but you can't get out of bed. Come on. Think about it. That's real. And I'm not saying that for everybody, this is not the voice of when I say you, it is the editorial you. It is the body of Christ. And I mean, like, you know, but if it challenges you, then that's fine. Let it challenge you. Let it stretch you. Because God says, guess what He said? If you feel stretching this morning and you feel like you're getting a little bit stretched, guess what the Bible says concerning the hand of the Lord? That He is the potter and we are the clay. And God's intention is for you to just be pliable enough so that He can stretch you. So it's okay to be... Uh, uncomfortable. Listen, let me tell you, we're far beyond the hour of just playing church games. I'm telling you right now, we're on the brink of things that we have never ever witnessed on the face of the world. Historically, we've just been through some of that. But listen, we would be very, very, very shocked to understand that it's not over yet. And I'm not being coming here as a prophet of doom and gloom. That's not what I'm saying. But I will tell you this: as the children of the Lord, as God has always looked after the children, even when they were in the middle of the desert, He provided for them. God hasn't got a plan to abandon us in any way, shape or form, but we will be overcomers. But we have to realise and be sober that our enemy comes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And while many around this nation are preaching good little stories on Sunday to their people, the moment calamity hits, they will have no foundation inside of them. Amen, come on. You've got to know who your God is. You've got to know that He's able to make manna come out of heaven. You've got to know that He's able to bring quail. You've got to know that He's able to take the five loaves and the two fish and multiply them. You've got to know that He's able to bring water out of the rock. And that is a people that are postured in faith who know the nature and character of God. And you've got to begin to at least entertain and begin to walk with the mindset of my God can do all things. Yes, we preach it. Yes, we can say amen to it. But now begin to believe it at least. I'm just throwing this and I'm not saying yes or verily, yay, 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 yay. Or this is thus saith the Lord. But just for a moment, what would you do if in the next week, seven, two weeks, three weeks, month, every, every banking system in the world would just shut down? Come on. And you have zero money in the bank any longer. What are you gonna do? Come on. Linda said, oh, Jehovah Jireh. (laughs) That's right, girl. It's one of the golden girls in the back there. See what I'm saying? So I'm telling you, some of us young guys are going to have to go with the golden girls and say, give me some of your faith. Come on. It's the reason why I love to cling to those who have had a lot of life lived inside of them, because they have a lot more knowledge about how not to do things, Amen. and they've experienced a whole lot more life in which how not to do things Amen. that they know how to do things a lot of the time that we need to listen to. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes. Amen. Now I haven't really gotten into anything here this morning but I know that this is good anyway but, but the enemy comes to steal the word That's right. so do you for one moment think that the enemy while you're sitting in an atmosphere where you're actually listening to the word of God and I'm not just I mean look you can go to some churches and he's not even gonna he's not even there that's because right. he doesn't even have to steal nothing Amen. that's right there's churches where devil, the devil's not even there because there's nothing for him. He's got no work to do. He got no work to do. I'm not being mean. I'm just saying that's not me coming from a critical spirit. I'm really, that's really not. That's right. Come on. It. But do you think that he wants you to sit under discovering who you are and, and you think he's not going to try to steal the word from you? Now, of course, as we become better listeners, and and I'm just gonna read this. In a similar way, these are the ones who the seed was sown by the rocky places who when they heard the word immediately received it with joy and they have no firm root in themselves but are only temporary. Then when the affliction or persecution arises, come on somebody. That sounded very American right there. Come on somebody. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When affliction or persecution arises because of the Word, immediately they fall away. How many of you people are in this category right here? When persecution or a little bit of heat. Come on, we we as as the body of Christ in 2020, we were caught with our pants down for a charade. A global charade. I'm just telling you how it is. Now I'm not saying that nobody died because of whatever was put out there that was made by man and it was made by man. I'm just telling you how it is. Amen. It was a charade. Amen. And the church went and crawled back into their little holes. A, so, so what is going to happen when the church gets shaken? Now, I'm not breathing conspiracy anymore. I think we've gone way beyond the point of understanding. It's not conspiracy. That's right. Justice just never gets served to the ones that justice needs to get served to. Come on. But don't worry. You just focus on you. Don't worry about who's getting justice and when they're, we're so caught up in getting, trying to get people to get their, would you just quit trying to get people? You just focus on the kingdom of God. And while we have daylight, our attention should be absolutely involved with whatever the kingdom of God wants us to be involved in and not worry about who's getting justice. You're not in charge of who gets justice. Let whoever needs to be in charge of that, be in charge of that. And God, just let God be God and you just do you. And quit getting so distracted by all of that. Come on, amen. amen. Still on the some people are some people are just more caught up in people getting justice over the last four or five years than anything else. Would you just just stop? Get your head out of the gutter. Amen just wanna help you this morning. I really wanna help you. Get your focus on you. Get your focus on what God has for your life. Get your focus of of everything that's leading you into a place of depression, a place of anxiety. Do you know how many people are full of anxiety in today's world? There are more people on antidepressants that have ever existed and, and just people are just getting medicated. Everything you do is get medicine shoved down your throat everywhere. There's more people in the NBA, whatever leagues and all of the professional uh, NFL that are more on anti-anxiety, never in the history of sports. Like it's like a not, a, not an abnormal thing. Now so-and-so suffers from depression and some anxiety, you know, some professionals. That was never the case before. More on. I don't know how I got you. Let me move on here. <laughs> but come on, is this helping anybody this morning? Amen. Just focus on, focus on the kingdom. Amen. Don't allow. See, the enemy comes immediately to destroy, the, to steal the word. I mean, when he's got you caught up in all of that, he's already got you focused on something else. It's not to say that we need to, we need to hide away from everything. This is not what I'm saying. But it cannot be the governing force of your direction for your life and every decision you make. That's right. You cannot live that way. Amen. 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 And then let's just fall past the other categories. Um, I want to go to verse 19, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones whom the seed was sown on the good soil. Now the good soil. And they hear the word and accept it and bear it, bear fruit 30, 60 and a hundredfold. It's talking about the, Incorruptible seed of God's word, being able to penetrate you and produce life. The seed of God, when it penetrates you, when the seed of God—in other words, how do we allow the seed of God to impregnate us? We, 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 when we come into agreement with the Word, we allow the seed to be planted. The moment we give agreement to the Word, Amen. we begin to allow the Word to go in. That's right. But we've got to be careful Amen. because when we walk out the door, the people that we talk to, yeah, but, Amen. and we lend our thoughts to them. And if they have a little bit of, influence or yea verily even some spiritual influence and they begin to say this and they say that and they say this they begin to take out the seed that was planted on the inside of you that's why the bible says to you don't cast your pearl before swine don't share your three by four vision with somebody that ha- don't th- share your six, your twelve by your, your your sixteen by twenty dream and vision with somebody with a three by four mind. Come on, yeah, yeah. they're not going to understand you. Yeah. They're not going to understand it. And if you are not, if and, and and don't be arrogant either. Let me just say this. Yes, but if there is not enough of of the understanding of the truths that I'm speaking to you. And you might be a spiritual Christian. You might be spiritual, you might have a lot of word, but don't allow yourself to be, don't allow arrogance inside of your heart that there's no more room for growth. Amen. Come on. And don't allow outside voices to come and rob you because you get all excited and you know you're hearing truth. And then they're gonna say, ooh, but. And they want to come used by the enemy to take the seed of God's word right out of your heart. That's right. That's true. No. You you know when, 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 when you encounter that kind of stuff, you're on solid ground, when you can you have the ability by the, by, by, by and in and through love. Because I don't get into theological debates with anybody. Because right. it's going to serve zero. Right. Endless genealogies. Listen, I, I'm not, we're not doing that. It's not because I can't. I actually don't have energy for it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Your yeah. head's not ready to receive it, so I'm not going to waste my breath. Come on, that's right. I'm not, why, why, why? But when, when, the root, when, the, when the word is rooted and it starts to produce at a 30, 60, and 100, and how do we do that? And, and I was trying to get to another angle here, but we'll have to continue. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 12, I think it's verse 1 and verse 2, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of Christ, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, Amen. which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mind. Right. so that what Amen. so that you can do the good, acceptable, Amen. and perfect will of God. Yes, yes Lord, thank you, Jesus. Isn't it amazing that the Bible says good, perfect, and accept uh, uh, well good, acceptable, and perfect. Amen. Isn't it amazing that the parable that Jesus spoke about, and He talks about the Word coming into our hearts where it's able, because in the three categories that in that Scripture right there, the first three categories, the same seed, just landed on different categories of soil. Amen. Only the last three were able to produce at a 30, 60, and 100. The first three, the Word could never even take root. Amen. Zero. And the stuff that I'm talking to you about here is found that's what I'm saying. It's foundation. Amen. So when when can we move on? Well, we've got to get our foundation right. Do you know the building that we are sitting in right now has no ability to do what it does without the foundation that it is laid Amen, on. That's right. the, the larger the building or the higher the building goes, the deeper the foundation is. Amen. Yeah, the foundation. We want all the pretty stuff that everybody gets to look, see, touch and feel, but we forget The importance of the building relies on the structure. And if your structure is right, then you can go. I mean, go ye into all the world, bless the Lord. Amen. But go ye into all the world as one who understands how to read the Bible. That's right and knows how to, how, to, uh, how to administer the Word of God, having their, having their mind understanding their root foundation, understanding everything must go through the cross. In other words, what happened through Jesus that changed everything. And when I read the Scripture, how does that apply to me in light of what Jesus changed for me? Amen. We live on this side of the fence. Are you with me? We're on this side of the fence. The prophets of old uh, look to the, the day of the coming of the Messiah, but then they also look beyond that to be where we are. And here we have the modern day church trying to go right back to live where they were. No, you, you want to know, know where you're going to find power for living? Okay, let me, let me just try to do this here really quickly. I want to, I, I, I desire, yeah, and, and, and here's the one thing that the Lord has, <laughs> I was just discussing this with a brother this week. I, I, I don't, do I, you understand? I, I have a ho- holy frustration. So we say holy frustration. Holy I've also got to be careful that I don't have a frustration that goes outside of a holy frustration. Are you with me? So in my desire to to bring truth, I've got to make sure that it is the holy frustration Amen. that is coming forth and not the frustration in my flesh. Because my job, as much as I can get frustrated, is I've got to still trust the Holy Spirit after Amen. being used by Him, right. that the seed of His Word coming forth will produce. I can't be the Holy Spirit for you. I've got to trust Him to do the work inside Amen. of you. Right. And while that process is going on, I've got to love you, even if it takes time. Ten years for the lights to come on. Come on, amen. Are you with me? But can't be like Moses and strike the rock twice. And thank God we're, thank God we're on this side of the cross because Moses missed the promised land over that because he misrepresented God. When he hit the rock twice and demonstrated anger, he was demonstrating to God's people that, that God was angry when God wasn't angry with them and he misrepresented God to them. Amen. So, so here we go. We have Adam, we have everything in between, Abraham, by the way, you actually, Abraham is a type and shadow uh, of what the new covenant really looks like. And, and then the law comes, are you with me? Amen. And then Jesus comes because God's devised a plan to bring bring Jesus eventually through Mary and, and gets that job accomplished through Abraham. I don't wanna get into details. Jesus comes. Um, the whole intention here is for Jesus to come and undo what the first Adam did so that we can all be in fellowship with Abba Father, Amen. Jews and Gentiles, Greeks, Russians, Australians. Come on, are you with me? Amen. Mesopotamians, Tajikistan and this stand and the other stand. Are you with me? Whether you're white, black, pink, purple, or blue, he all, he was all, we were all included in his redemptive plan. Are you with me? So Jesus comes, does what he wants to do in order for us to live in this place of fellowship. Now, what that fellowship looks like is not found here. Amen. The manifestation of what he brings to us is found in the epistles. The church age is not found here, it's found here. And why do we spend so much time here when we should be spending one that doesn't make this obsolete? No. We now approach everything before the cross by the spirit of revelation because now we see Jesus revealed in it. Amen. The old is Christ hidden, the new is Jesus revealed. That's right. That's right. All scripture is inspired and breathed by God. That's right. Amen. I have to make these statements because people will run off with one half of something. Come on. So He does, come on, can we see something? Somebody say, the work of Jesus was a progressive work being being accomplished by the will of the Father since Adam fell. So it's a progressive work. The Bible says we go from faith to faith. Right, right. line upon line, precept, glory to glory. So the Word from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation is progressive. In other words, the victory that we grow into is not looking back, it's looking forward. And every time our head get caught in the gutter somewhere, all we begin to do is reel it in. Somebody say reel it in. Reel it we in. reel it in, we submit it to the cross. Yes. And we say, am I doing what Paul spent most of his life fighting the church about and that was keeping them free? Come on. Because all that New Testament church was being Judaized to go right back into the old. Come on. Are you with me? Amen. Paul's fight was to help just Paul's fight with the early church was to help keep them free. He was fighting for their freedom, and they were fighting to go back under bondage. Amen. Mm-hmm. And he's like saying. What part about I'm trying to help you? Help me help you. Help me help you. Amen. Help me help you. That's right. I'm trying to help you, Paul. Paul's saying, I'm trying to help you stay free. Amen. Why are you allowing these influences out there to bring you back? Why? Because you know what? We're afraid to stand out. And you know, it's just like you don't want to wear the coat your father gave you too much because you're just afraid of the opinion of man. That's right. yeah. <laughs> you can't be afraid of the opinions of men. Amen. You want to get things done, you can have, be a, have the fear of man in your life. That's right. Come on. Nobody that's ever done anything significant in the kingdom of God was a person that walked in the fear of man. That's right. Come on. Because I'm telling you right now, one of the biggest enemies you will have to conquer when it comes to fulfilling the will of God for your life is overcoming the fear of man. That's right. Amen. Because it's going to be one of the devils that will try to oppose you. That's right. One of them. Amen? Amen. I'm just looking at the time here. I've got three more minutes. Glory to God. The beautiful soft music starts right now. As we begin, ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning to descend. We will be arriving shortly. Please make sure you have your safety belts buckled. And when we land... Please make sure that when you open up the overhead storage pa- bins that items may have been moved. And there's a possibility that could fall on your head. Please be careful. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes the flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. And which one are you wanting me to read too? And blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Amen. Yes. Amen? Amen. I'm going to do this one thing in closing here. I've got two minutes left. I actually wasted a minute right now doing all of that landing stuff. Jesus heals the leper. This is a beautiful picture. It says, yeah, now a leper came. Somebody's going to say like, well, what are you talking about? Now you're going to to people with leprosy all of a sudden, but just stick with me. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down by him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched Jesus. Jesus touched him. Jesus touched the leper. That's right. He touched him and said to him, I'm willing. And then he says, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. See, what would happen if you were a leper at that time? You couldn't even come near. I mean, you would be stoned. They would throw stones at you until you were dead. They would kill you until you were dead. Kill you till you dead. That's what I'm saying right there. Hallelujah. Knoxville, Tennessee taught me a few things. I'm going to kill you till you're dead soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. So under the law, the leper who is unclean will make the clean unclean. I'll say that one more time. Under the law, the leper that is unclean will make the clean unclean. Under grace, Jesus makes the unclean clean. Are you with me? Under the law, sin is contagious. Yeah. Like the leprosy. But under grace, righteousness and God's goodness is contagious. Are you with me? So the grace of God of which I speak is the same grace that Paul's preached to the church. Amen. And I always have to help people out. Don't close up like a little hermit crab or, a, or like a clam in the middle of the ocean. <gasps> he said grace and you begin to take a deep breath of air. <laughs> Quit. Amen. Quit doing that. That's right. Grace is not a cuss word. It's the very power of God to help you to be free from sin. And I say this just to help you out one more time because in no way, shape or form, are we preaching anything about the grace of God being your license to sin? The grace of God is not your license to sin Amen. anymore than a duck is a Delta jet airline pilot. Are you with me? It's not your license to sin. It's the only thing given to you Amen. by God that empowers you to be free from That's sin. Right. Amen. So don't, try to do in your own strength what, what grace was given to you to empower you to walk free in. Amen? Amen. Amen. Alright, well we're not done on the subject but we're done for today. How many of you glad you came to church? Yes, yes. No, no, seriously you glad you came? Yes. Say this I will, not forget, I will not forget through the help of the Holy Spirit yes. When I am reading Scripture, scripture, to submit it to to the foot of the cross. cross. So in other words, every time I'm bringing something that I don't understand, that might be bringing me into bondage, ask yourself the question, how does this apply to me in light of what Jesus has already done? Amen? Amen. The old was about you and what you could do. The new is about him and what he's already done. And what he's become for you. Amen. The old produced a temporary righteousness. Which was only a temporary righteousness on the basis of the blood of animals being shed on a yearly basis. Jesus has procured for you his righteousness. By his blood. And given to you as a gift. Before Righteousness working in you was your own strength right. and obedience to the law. Now, by one man's obedience, many were made righteous. By whose obedience were Jesus you made righteous? Jesus. Was it by your obedience that no, you were made Jesus. righteous? No. Let me ask you something this morning, really quickly. When you came to salvation, was, was there anything that you did that you could possibly earn salvation with? No, no. no way. Oh, Can you? You couldn't do anything to get, to get the free gift of His Amen. righteousness. You could not do anything except for, except for understand how impossible and how, how lost you were apart from Him Amen. coming to That's save you. Right. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what? That revelation was never, ever meant to leave the life of the believer. Amen. But religion has come and put you onto a treadmill of performance. Religion has come and told you some. Religion has sold you a lie. Amen. Come on, I'm just telling you the truth. Because we were never supposed to depart from that place. Amen. That's why Paul said, you hear me say this a million times. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? What, what he was saying, who's bewitched you? He was asking you the same questions. Did you do anything to get saved? Amen, was it by your abilities that you could get saved? And he's saying to you, now who has bewitched you to tell you something else? That's right. But now, all right, so, like, you know, it's like, mm, the cows are mooing. The cows move. But what about my part? But yeah, I understand. But I've still got to do something. I've got to do, do, do. Yeah, that's you. You are on a treadmill of performance, doing, and you've done so much that you that you're in doo doo. Come on, that's why you're in doo doo. You are. You love Jesus, but you're exhausted. Come on. (laughs) So, is there a doing for the? belief? is there a part that we play in this? 100% yes. But it's not in your own strength. It all comes out of a response to what He's already done. I do because of what He's done for me. I don't do in order to get from Him. I do because He's already richly given all things. The one place is doing because I'm free to serve Him back because I love Him so much. And the other one is trying to earn and deserve just like the, the prodigal son's brother. Everything that was the father's was His. All of everything that I have was yours. He didn't have to ask his dad for any of it. He could have taken the fatted calf at any time and, and he could have offered it up as a sacrifice. That's right. So there is a doing because the Bible says in Ephesians that we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. We've been created in Him. Now that we're in Him, the good works manifest from us. You see, it's like, I want to. The other posture says, this is what I need to do in order for God to bless me. This one says, I've been given all things in Him already. Therefore, See, the other one has strings attached. Now you're trying to manipulate God to give you something from your efforts. The other one says, I don't need to manipulate God. I love Him. I'm not, trying to get, I'm not trying to do anything to try and get His attention. He's given me all of His attention. That's right. yes. And He revealed that promise to me because of Jesus. Amen. He revealed how much He loves me because of Jesus. Now my life becomes a living sacrifice. Lord, use me. Let the good works manifest from my life not from a position of earning and deserving, but from somebody who understands he is a son and she is a daughter of the Most High God. Hallelujah and Amen. Forever hold your peace. In Jesus' Name be blessed. Glory to God. Thank you for coming to church. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise. I went over eight minutes and eight means new beginnings. So we're good. That's I had to put a spiritual thing on there right now. Eight is the number, go be blessed if you are, okay, sorry, um, I was just pointed to the board. If you are here and you're giving today, make sure you're giving to uh, go to, well, you can give by check. If you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. Um, and then if you're giving online or maybe even here, you can go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Click on the Your Support link where you can give safely and securely. And then last but not least, you can text the word GIVE to 337-434-3777. That's 337 434 Text the word GIVE to that number. You'll get a link where you can give safely and securely. Praise God and do so with a joyful heart. And as the Lord leads you, give as He prompts you to give. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And I feel like He's really prompting you. Just saying.